Welcome to More of That Presents Discography, the podcast where a Springfield, Missouri band dives deep into a band's catalog, one album at a time. I am Matt. I play guitar. I'm Josh on bass. I'm Logan on guitar. I'm Blake, and I play the drums. And we are More of That. Fiona Apple finally released her second album on Tuesday, a record whose 90-word title, you'll be happy to know, can be boiled down to just three words. When the pawn hits the conflicts, he thinks like a king. When he knows, throws the blows, when he goes to the fight. And he'll win the whole thing before he enters the ring. There's no body to batter when your mind is your might. So when you go solo, hold your own hand. And remember that depth is the greatest of heights. And if you know where you stand, then you know where to land. Then if you fall, it won't matter. Because you'll know that you're right. But sometimes you'll be wrong. With a three-year gap between her debut album, title, and her sophomore effort, Fiona Apple set a precedent for herself. She'd make records when she was good and ready, rather than pumping them out on a regular schedule. Was it hard to want to re-enter this thing? Did you want to take more time off, or were you ready to go back in and start working when the time came? I wasn't sure I wanted to come back. I wasn't sure. Like, I told people for a while that I wasn't sure I was even going to have a second album because I was real afraid that uh, I wasn't going to be able to write. On November 9th, 1999, Apple dropped her long-awaited second album on Epic Records. The number one song on Billboard that day was, you guessed it, Smooth by Santana featuring Rob Thomas. The album's title, though abbreviated to When the Pawn, was 90 words long, which set the record for longest album title. Apple was unseated by Chumbawamba for the record in 2008, with a 156-word album title. The title is in fact a poem Apple wrote in response to negative letters in Spin Magazine following their 1997 interview. What did people think of you? It depends on where they were looking. If they were going to a lot of shows and not really reading a lot, then they probably had a lot truer view of me. What was the wrong-headed view of you in your mind? That I'm just like a sad brat with no sense of humor. The whole reason why I wanted to make an album in the first place was because I was so tired of trying to explain my personality to people. I was so uncomfortable with the social situations that I thought, I really, really thought that if I had a CD of songs that I could just have that, put that out in the world and then everyone would understand me and then I would have all the friends in the world. And of course what happened to me in my particular situation, I think most people find out that what they thought, you know, they thought if they got rich or if they got famous that everything was going to be solved and it wasn't. But in my case, not only was it did I not get what I wanted, I got exactly the opposite of what I wanted to have happen. Instead of having everybody be my friend and, and, and understand me, everybody thought I was when the pawn came from being made fun of, she told the Washington Post, and then of course it becomes a thing I'm being made fun of for. To her haters, Apple is quoted as saying, are you in the Guinness Book of World Records? To be sure, most criticism at the time involved her weight and other aesthetic concerns, rather than the music she had delivered in her debut record. 
The titular poem seems to be about psyching oneself up after taking a beating and with a sense of righteousness, jumping back into the fray. When I'm writing the songs, they're all kind of pep talks. And so, um, so you're, you're kind of trying and, to but they end, up, they end up like kind of coming true later on, like after like a year or two, I'll, they'll finally, I'll finally actually feel as strong as I did when I tried to pretend that I was that strong when I wrote the song. You're a very complicated woman. When the Pawn yielded three singles, Fast As You Can, Limp, and Paper Bag, her then-boyfriend Paul Thomas Anderson directed videos for all three. He'd previously directed a video for Apple's cover of Across the Universe done for the movie Pleasantville. This time around, John Bryan returned, not just as keyboardist extraordinaire, but producer as well. Bryan was also a frequent collaborator with P.T. Anderson, writing scores for several of his movies. Fiona Apple was with Anderson for, quote, a tumultuous, drug-fueled three years, beginning in 1997. During that time, Apple is alleged to have pinned the rap in his movie Magnolia and did some of the paintings seen in the background. She also played an uncredited voice on the other side of the phone line from Philip Seymour Hoffman. Legend has it that Apple quit cocaine after an excruciating night listening to a coke-fueled P.T. Anderson and Quentin Tarantino bragging to each other at Quentin's house. Every addict should just get locked in a private movie theater with QT and PTA on coke and they'll never want to do it again. Apple joked to The New Yorker. Instrumentally, When the Pawn features returning players Matt Chamberlain on percussion, Patrick Warren on keys, and John Bryan on guitar and a handful of other instruments. This time around, however, the record features a full string section and other orchestral instruments, rather than John Bryan approximating them on a Chamberlain organ. When the Pawn took a Grammy nom for Best Alternative Album, was called Spin Magazine's 106th Greatest Album of the Last 25 Years, and placed 108th in Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums of All Time in 2020. Submitted for the approval of More of That Presents Discographology, I give you Fiona Apple's second LP, When the Pawn, and contend that it deserves a place in the canon of great records. Welcome back to Discographology, the show where when the pawn hits the conflicts, he thinks like a king. What he knows throws the blows when he goes to the fight and he'll win the whole thing. Before he enters the ring, there's no body to batter when your mind is your might. So when you go solo, you hold your own hand and remember that depth is the greatest of heights. And if you know where you stand, then you know where to land. And if you fall, it won't matter because you'll know that you're right. Now, this MF for spitting. brevity, <laughs> for brevity's sake, is it okay with everyone if I truncate the title of this album to win the pawn for the rest of the podcast no nope. should i say full that? title yeah. every time no okay. <laughs> we need to put it on a soundboard uh so did anyone else here or should i say did anyone here have a relationship previously with fiona apple's second record win the pawn and also did you listen in any interesting way um i'll go first and say that I don't go way back with this one like I did with Title. Actually, it took a long time, and I have to credit my wife kind of with introducing me to how great When the Pawn is um, because she was into it. So this would have been in recent years, really. And then, um, of course, when Vinyl Me Please finally released the record on vinyl, we picked that one up. That was one of the several ways I listened. Uh, it's a very it's a it's a great pressing. 
really like having that one in the collection and enjoyed listening to it on that on that 180 gram. Yeah. I nice. uh so this was the first one that I listened to after I got into Fiona Apple. I got into her with her third album, Extraordinary Machine, and then going backwards, there's really not I mean, you have two albums before that, and I had already heard bits and pieces of title. Um so I actually picked this one up. I will say though, unfortunately um, when I got it, I think I was listened to, and you guys know my attention span. I was very familiar with the first half. What? I listened to the first half quite a few times oh, boy. <laughs> and then go. it really wasn't until this go around that I actually listened to this entire album, uh, more than, uh, you know, more than a, f- a few times. So I Ten was familiar with all time. the singles. <laughs> I was familiar with all the singles and I was familiar with the first. Okay few tracks but that was about it um and uh, yeah um so th- that was my sort of relationship with it cool i remember you being uh being into extraordinary machine in, <laughs> in high school josh uh i guess i would describe my familiarity with with this album uh this way i remember an album with a long title coming out but i think i just kind of uh I, I I forget the name for the phenomenon where I but you, I just thought differently. I could have sworn this was the Alanis Morissette album with "Thank You," uh, so I, I was um, <laughs> pleased to find out that that no the the very long album title was indeed Fiona Apple, uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I really you know really enjoyed this one. I I had heard "Fast as You Can." And I believe that I had heard paper. Uh, no, I had heard paper bag as well. So I, you know, ha- had a, a passing familiarity with with kind of the hits off of this, but but really hadn't ever heard it uh, prior to uh, putting it on my headphones uh, several days ago. Nice. I have no connection whatsoever uh, to the album. So this is my first listen I I think I've heard fast as you can for sure, you know, on the radio and but beyond that, it's all new. Yeah, fast as you can might have been the only one with actual radio play, so that would make sense. All right, so we should we jump into it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Track 1 on the bound. So I don't know if on the bound is a real expression or something made up, but you, I guess you could interpret it as on the rebound, which I think is a good description of maybe her career at this point when she writes it. Um, either way, I just think it's a killer way to open the album. It's got this really powerful, plodding, shuffled groove. And we'll see that, that shuffle kind of come back many times. But um, yeah, it's just, I, I really like it how this album opens um kind of like the last album opens really strong dark and plotting love that how the pounded out the piano chords are um we start seeing really unique song structure like you know where what exactly is the bridge where does the chorus come in this is not always clear on a lot of these songs i think it's really cool that there's unique structure there um the 
Chamberlain organ flute sound is definitely back in a big way. I'm guessing we can thank John Bryan for that. As I read some of them in that pregame, I think the the verse two lyrics are totally kick-ass. There's that long thing. I won't make everyone suffer through it again, but... And again, I uh, as we heard a lot on the first record, a long instrumental outro where there's a lot of weird sound effects and cool instrumental stuff happening. Uh, it's definitely a top tier song on the album for me. Yeah, it's uh, it's very slinky and groovy. It's very murder ballad. It's very much, uh, I'm here to tell you my woes, angers, and fears and the victim I left behind. I... I hate to compare, but again, it gives me uh, Nick Cave vibes. Uh, that guitar mm. jack solo yeah. or whatever is—is is that a, like a guitar jack, like messing around, like doing that little yeah. solo? Uh, I love it. Oh, that's whatever. an interesting thought. Um, it's I, a Tom Morello. I thought it was a yeah. distorted telephone. <laughs> yeah. Well, I started Maybe. listening to it, and I'm like, oh, this sounds like it could be like a guitar jack or something like that. But uh, I also love the line, "Hell don't know my fury." Um, yeah, I feel like this song embraces more of a pessimistic view of things, which isn't bad. I just found it interesting um, knowing something isn't going to work out ahead of time. Uh, that's kind of the interpretation I got from it. Um, but I, yeah, I think this is a solid opening opening track, and uh, I like it. Yeah, I I feel like right off the bat you're brought into the production sound of this record. With, you know, John Bryan adding all of these bells and whistles, I'll just say. I mean, obviously, it's it's not literal bells and whistles, although it is sometimes. It uh, sometimes it is. Yeah. To supplement uh, Fiona's piano playing. And then that chorus drops with her just repeating, you're all I need. And the strings bring in this cinematic quality. I think, Logan, you said James Bond theme vibes on the last album. I kind of get them on the chorus of this one when those strings swell. It's almost like a a melodramatic kind of thing, but also slightly mysterious. Yeah. Yeah. And, And Nick Cave is a great connection there. I hadn't thought of that, but it, it, they both have that ability to play in a way that is vaguely mysterious and spooky, but not overtly so. And, and it's <laughs> John Bryan scores movies also. Yeah. And it's, and it's kind of storytelling. They both do kind of like a storytelling almost. Also, it's yeah. worth mentioning at the end and, and the little like movie Disney kind of strings that come in that split second at the very end. You guys know what I'm talking about where everything drops out and you have a little like yes Dis- yeah, Disney symphony I, I'll, part. I'll drop that in. And then it goes back to the song. I do have this to say. I feel like it's a little overly long. It's the longest song on the album. Um, it's insert it, David it, Lynch it's complaining of, of, <laughs> complaining about who the fuck cares how long a scene is. <laughs> it's just sweeping over and over again. No, uh, it's. I got this thing. I was trying to figure out with this album as to what the hell, <laughs> how much of it was Fiona uh, saying, you know, we should do this or that, and how much of it was John Bryan. Um, I found a little interview with John Bryan Blake where he says yeah. that the way they recorded this was they did all of Fiona's stuff first. Like, yeah. apparently, this is what he says, quote, after she wrote all the songs for the album, she handed me a folder with 10 songs, handwritten lyrics, the full album title, 
already in place and said, I want to sit down and play these and then we can talk afterwards rather than talking after each song. So, and then he says that's how they recorded it as well. So I'm like, okay, all the extra stuff, did he add that or did she kind of say, hey, we should do this here? I, I just wonder. Um, and this uh, one at the end when it keeps yeah. going on, I'm like, John Bryan just doing Foley work over here, you know, with <laughs> yeah, various yeah. things. A lot of noise. He's like, <laughs> he's just smacking things like he's on Prairie Home Companion. But, um, but I still oh, think, by care. the way, her vocal <laughs> performance and her songwriting on this one are just knocking it out of the park and uh great yeah. solid opener though uh just you know I, I have a low attention span so low long <laughs> <laughs> i've i've got a hot take guys oh god uh, matt's gonna be like this is dog shit <laughs> no no i'm 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 being stupid uh the hot take is that fiona apple is a very very good singer uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah oh wow <laughs> You know, in in case there were any any doubters or haters out there, uh, you know, uh, they, they can be uh, be alone in their wrongness. Um, no, th- this is again coming out of the gate strong. I, I think that's always a good move to make uh, on any record. Um, you know, sleep to dream, of course. Uh, let off a title. I like the uh, I, I like the the title of this track on the bound. Um, you know, I'm kind of a math guy. I think about boundaries and you know whether you're <laughs> on the boundary or, or or approaching the boundary. But you know, on the rebound is also uh, a, another interpretation. You know, you could be bounding. You know, uh, in, in a field, uh, you're running and bounding. We're bounding. Uh, <laughs> there, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of specificity. But also, you know, um, room room for an interpretation, and uh, she just really gives a great vocal performance. Um, you know, throughout. Yeah, I, I was thinking Bond to um, the the really sinister piano really kind of sets that that cinematic mood uh, that that you guys were getting at. You know, where where the kind of she's playing the same thing on the top and and kind of moving around chroma, you know chromatically. Uh, with with the with the bass line and then when those strings do come in yeah it, it does feel very cinematic the whole song kind of opens up and it's it's a really interesting uh you know progression um that she goes through on the the you're all i need part um and then yeah i, I hadn't thought about um uh guitar jack tone that may you may very well be correct logan but but i, I love the the uh the phone sounds and 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 kind of you know everything falling apart uh, in the outro, I, I just, you know, it is a very, very strong, uh, opening, uh, track. Oh, and, and, uh, when they, when they come back to the, maybe some faith will do me good and kind of mm-hmm. repeat through that, um, several times, uh, towards the end, it, it really, um, really kind of drives that home. And, and that's a, that's a great, uh, a great line. Yeah. It's a, it's a great part. And I forgot to mention the, the vocal growl. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some thoughts comes, on that coming up. The, the when she comes in with "You're all I need" for the first time, and you hear that growl. I don't. I don't think she really did that on the first album. And this is kind of like, oh, that this is something new, and it, it comes comes back again and again on this album. And I I think it's. Uh, I think it sounds awesome. How she yeah, certainly not as forward in in the first album. You know, it's really out front right. uh, in, in the mix. Now it's like, okay, I'm gonna growl. That's the beast. All right. The Beast is here. So, okay. Track two, To Your Love. Distance, 
Um, I'll point out that although Matt Chamberlain, drummer of the first record, is on this record a lot too, this track and Limp have Jonathan Butch Norton of the band Eels doing drums. Okay. Who John Bryan um, had worked with. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. Well, John Bryan worked with like everybody. So it makes sense. And I didn't. I don't have a lot of background on this, but I wanted to point out that uh, Mary Lynn Rayscub is thanked in the liner notes. Um, she is an actor in Mr. Show. She played Gail the Snail on It's Always Sunny. <laughs> and she was dating John Bryan at the time. So um, I don't know. I like to think that maybe she's playing on this record somewhere. Um <laughs> They probably all, you know, snorted coke. Uh, she was. <laughs> is that Largo few, scene, man? That yeah. Largo and comedy she was, scene. She was also in a, a few P.T. Anderson movies. So, yeah, she's I a part of I want to say Largo she's version. also in the Weezer video for El Scorcho, but I should check that out right now. Hmm. Okay. Uh, that would make sense, I guess. Wait, are you but thinking of Good the, Life, Josh? Ur- or Good Life. Sorry, Good Life. Good Life. Okay. This song has a really urgent. Uh, feel as soon as the that uh, the piano stabs come in, dun, 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 the tempo beat, and I love the urgency of it. Um, I love the theme of of distance and resistance to love. It's uh, so the title is not like a toast to your love. <laughs> it's it's about uh, my resistance to your love. Why am I being so distant? Um, something uh, I could I could never relate to, but you know, um, it has a really cool bridge. <laughs> I can't now i can't get this vocal line out of my when she said she says my daring do allows me to dance the rigadoon around you there's the word desid you gotta sing it like she sings it man you're you're you're, (laughs) i can't your your rhythm is off of this she sings it a very specific way i i can't i literally can't do what she's like doing all these vocal gymnastics and yodeling on this line it's wild. It's a very well-delivered line. The lyrics are insane. There's all these weird, archaic words that begin with the letter D. It's a pretty good song. <laughs> not Maybe not my top tier, but still on a really good tier. Uh, Go. By the way, okay, here's the full line. My daring do allows me to dance the rigadoon around you, but by the time I'm right. close to you, I lose my, and this is the word I can't say, disideradu, disideratum. Yeah, I- fancy word for and now you so now you anyway here's my theory on that growly voice okay that's that's the beast blake okay Okay. it's the beast she speaks about right it's like that movie split (laughs) she does this thing vocally on this album where there's the growly anger kind of well it's not always used in anger but kind of a growlier voice and then she sometimes does the very like gentle high kind of voice and it, it goes in and out. And I feel like it is this sort of competition, you know, um, in a way with her vocal lines where, you know, she's she's trying to balance between these two kind of ideas of the sort of um, the beast, you know, um, and, 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 yeah. and not allowing the beast out. Um, I'm going to point something out that is probably not going to. This is my hot take, Matt. OK, here's my hot take. <laughs> The little keyboard line after she says to your love, you know, where it's like, I get a 60s vibe on keyboards, not dissimilar to from the same year, Smash Mouth. <laughs> oh, come on now. No, I'm not making it up. Listen to the Smash Mouth, the, those Smash I, Mouth songs I when know, they were doing that throwback do. 60s keyboard sound. 
it's probably just a similar reference point, which is like question mark in the Mysterians, like garage rock, mid sixties. Right, right. But just it reminded me of that that little like part. Haven't we talked about mentioning that band on this podcast? Hasn't that been Smash Mouth? Rules? Are they, <laughs> you just did it again. That's, they, you're is, getting fine. You guys as you speak. are gonna next. My oh. pick this season is gonna be Smash Mouth. Get ready oh to Fushuming. Um, I, I was. I do like Fushuming. I, I or at least the singles from. I, I, I think I, Walking on the Sun's a good single. Yeah, and it has that keyboard sound. Uh, so the the drum beat on this one, I think, is really cool. Like how it comes in with that staccato kind of piano part, and then the bass line, that, which is Mike Elizondo, right, playing bass, I believe. I believe so. He plays the bass on, I think, most of this, who would go on, you know, he worked with a ton of people. Um, I mean, wrote songs for like Eminem and um, 50 Cent and stuff. Whoa. But uh did not know that. Yeah, Michael Elizondo works, has is like worked with everyone, and I'm pretty sure Eminem and 50 Cent he's like written for. Anyway, plays the bass on this. Uh, his bass line sort of loops in and out while the piano and drums kind of do the staccato thing, which I think is really cool. And uh, I, I like this one quite a bit. I mean, equal to the first one in terms of how much I like it. I did want to point out it's the lowest play count on Spotify for this album. So this is the one people do not this listen song? to as much. That's not what I would... This what? song. Compared to the rest of the album, at least. I mean... It's the second track. The second Crazy. track. I know. People are skipping over it. That's pretty surprising. But I, I do dig this one. Um, I, I could not get, you know, dancing the rigadoon out of my head either. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everyone's dancing the rigadoon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this one, uh, my first note is very jaunty. Uh, this is where I wrote down sounds like a Bond theme. Um, yeah, so I definitely get that kind of 60s uh, jet set, bossa nova. Th I think this was where I was I was feeling uh, the Tropicalia um, parallels as well um, in listening. Um, I've also noted, of course, and, and loved the, the Daring Do section. That, that little section, I think, makes, makes a track that... Um, kind, I, I think the chorus is a little bit weak on, on this. Um, not the, uh, not the to your love, but, uh, the please forgive me for my distance, uh, section that, that progression kind of takes me out of the feel a little bit, I guess. Uh, but, but they are, they are keeping up that, you know, that, that very kind of dancey, um, jet set rhythm. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I think this is a, this is a solid, uh, second track, um, I also noted uh, another speech to swallow. Th this is a very explicit record. I'm. I don't know what what the uh, what the circumstance or, or the, the qualifications are for uh, for for a, a PMRC sticker. Not that I'm advocating for PMRC stickers. Not, <laughs> I, I guess they're not PMRC, but the, the parental advisory uh, stickers. But you know that she, she's dropping some f swears and stuff, and there's certainly a lot of innuendo uh, in, in the lyrics. I don't think this one had a sticker. I don't think. I think it was under the under the minimum allowable, what however they do it. Hmm. Well, I'm in I'm in agreement with you, Matt. As far as the tropicalia, I like all that that she's putting down. That gives me, you know, I put down that uh, there's a sense of adventure and urgency to it. Um, I think the instrumentation is very enjoyable, and I like her vocal layering towards the end. It's just you know, it's got all her vocals just kind of like swirling around in this cloud of fiona and it's just uh i enjoy it uh i related to the lyrics about the being distant part so i'll have to disagree with you on that part 
Um, I think uh, especially the uh, don't be down, my demeanor tends to disappoint. It's hard enough even trying to be civil to myself. That is one of, I I think that li- those lines alone I resonated with uh, on the album more with anything else. Uh, so mm. that was a a really great song. I enjoyed it. I think it's uh, it it just really struck me, and I was surprised by it. And at first, uh, I was kind of like, "Oh, what's this?" And then it just kind of took me on a little jaunty adventure, as you would say. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Nice. All right. Well, I'm glad that that song did not leave us limp. <laughs> um, the next song's called Limp. Biscuit. When I think of it, my fingers turn to fists. I never did anything to you, man. No matter what I try, you beat me with your bitter lies. So call me crazy, hold me down, make me cry. Get off now, baby. It won't be long till you be lying left in your so Limp was the second single off this record. Um, it does have a video that I'll just briefly describe. One of the P.T. Anderson ones, of course. Uh, Fiona Apple leaves a man in bed. She gets up, uh, gets dressed. She does a puzzle. And she just kind of walks around a mansion. Um, when there's a part where she's yelling in a mirror and applying lipstick, I was like, hmm, Heim much? I thought the same thing. I was like, he's right? he's using this later. <laughs> exactly. 20, 20 some years later, he's he's uh, uh, repeating himself. So I, I really love Limp <laughs> as a song. I think it bangs hard. Um, I love that it starts, it, it kind of transforms several times. And I love it, it starts with this um, deceptively super sparse, quiet piano. Um, and I love the part. So the right hand is going up and the left hand is going down. And I, I, I sat at the Casio and I was like, oh, this is really easy. I can play this. Of course, I can't play any of the rest of the song <laughs> or anything on the album. But that little limp part at the beginning I can play. Um, I wanted to know what that that squishy sound is, <laughs> if you know what I mean. I know what you're <laughs> Maybe someone, someone has to tell me what the squishy sound is that's like percussive. It's got like great lines about lying limp in your own hands uh as matt was saying super suggestive the line about uh, you fondle my trigger then you blame my gun um stuff like that sticks in my head and i just think it's um really good love in the chorus that there's like 16th notes what sounds like it's on a floor tom the uh so great then uh toward the end it, it breaks down into complete just like funky drum and bass uh breakdown bridge thing that's awesome um yeah i i really love this one yeah this is another really standout uh track um you you hit a lot a lot of the a lot of the uh, things that i had down uh blake the 16th notes um that that ascending and descending line it kind of the beat kind of sounds to me like it it's maybe um drums that are you know very heavily filtered or something to kind of give it that underwater um feeling to it but i i I think um that beat in contrast with the just really crisp uh percussion tones that 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 the production has is is a really interesting you know kind of uh comparison or 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 or, um pair pair of of sounds that, that work well together um because when when the when the the acoustic drums come in, it really picks it up and and makes the song very propulsive. I think um, you know she's she's back with more righteous anger, um, fondled by trigger. You, then you blame my guns. Probably the the standout line. I think I also like the the fingers turned yeah. to fists. 
uh, alliteration. Um, and then, yeah, that, that really funky, uh, bridge section with, with the drum and bass, you know, really just, uh, th- th- this is a, um, th- this is a head bobber. Yeah. I love the uh, pan production at the beginning that I, I called it the drippy trippy cave like <laughs> beginning. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of feeling in her voice on this track, and there always is, but I, I feel like this one comes out swinging extra. I don't know. Lyrics don't mince words, and it doesn't put up with any kind of gaslighting, and I think that's kind of what you were what you were talking about, Blake, with the tr- on, on the trigger, you know, that kind of line. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a gaslighting kind of thing. Uh, I think it's a great performance, and again, I think there's some nice instrumentation going on. I really like the drum, the drum solo and the fills. Um, also, the guitar starts to get nice and nasty at the end, and I always yeah. want more of that. So, oh, ding, 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 that's all I, I got. I, nice. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned right. that opening. It's almost like ASMR, you know, the way her vocals are with the like sound yeah. effects. It's it's pretty cool. And then <laughs> I no one's mentioned this yet. The way the drums drop in halfway through that first yeah, verse I love is that. Josh. So great. I like it a lot better than the second because in the second verse the drums kind of come in on a roll, like does a little before it comes in. And the, but on the first verse it just drops in immediately and i, I love yeah. that sound um we get our is this the first mention of the beast she has a line about you feed the beast i have within me yeah um, i believe it is which i think is, is interesting. concept album it's over a concept here. album uh but i mean it does pair with the song that mentions the beast again later fast as you can in that i feel like yeah. they're both these very progressive sounding songs for her this is really where you hear the leap forward in her sound quite a bit yeah. Um, in terms of production, especially, uh, as far as the, you fondle my trigger and the blame my gun, I got happiness as a warm gun by the Beatles. Yeah, that, uh, I, I don't know if it was a direct reference or, or it, yeah, it feels like it, it would be. be. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this one just really builds the momentum of the album. Uh, I did want to mention, I saw an interview with Matt Chamberlain, the drummer, where he says that on the bridge of this song, I'll just read his quote overall. He says, This record was an experiment to see if we could have the sounds constantly changing, much like how a guitar player will change sounds from verse to the chorus. There was even one song, Limp, that had an instrumental bit, and I jokingly said to Fiona that she should put a drum solo there, and she was like, yeah, let's put a drum solo on it. <laughs> so I think that apparently came about as just a uh, moment of experimentation, that little kind of weird percussive part in the bridge. Uh, but... Really, really enjoy this one. Um, I, I'm surprised its play count is lower than the next song we're going to talk about, which is that's surprising to weird. me. Uh, but yeah, what's the next song? Yeah, that is really weird to learn. The next song, track four, Love Ridden. On the kisses on the cheek from now on. So here we have, I believe, another kind of like Never Is A Promise, a song that is only piano, voice, and strings. Um, No no Van Dyke Parks this time, as far Mm, as I know. Too bad. It's a a slow, 
<laughs> yeah, I don't like it as much as never as a promise. I, I can't lie. Uh, it's a slow 3-4. We know she loves to go to the 3-4 and 6-8. Um, and to me, the verse parts have like a, a, a free-flowing or free-verse poetry feel. Um, it's not a it's not a wildly interesting song to me, and that's why I'm I'm thankful that it's not you know it's not the longest song on here. It's a more brief one. It does have an interesting interesting structure that's like verse one, verse two, chorus, bridge, second chorus. Like as I said earlier, it's hard to tell what is what, but that might be the structure. Hmm. Um, interesting if true, but um, <laughs> what do you think, Logan? Uh, I think it's a strong ballad. I uh, It's a mood. I think the strings add a nice cinematic feel to it. I like that it's more introspective in, in certain moments. It definitely has its place on the album, but at the same time, it's not really my kind of jam. Uh, the line, only kisses on the cheek from now on, and in a little while, we'll only have to wave. I think that was really sad, but honest. But or good, however you look at it. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I think that was a really uh, great line that stuck out to me. But it was, yeah, it wasn't too bad. I I also noted that lyric, Logan. Uh, I thought that was a pretty pretty good line, uh, a, a pretty good summation of that sort of feeling of breaking up with someone, getting more distant from someone, you know, um, you know, less mm-hmm. intimacy, that kind of thing. I'm right there with you guys. I feel like this one, it, it's, it is perfectly placed on the album. I, I will give it that. I, I think if you're going to put a, t- a song like this, track four, after these sort of three energetic, or not maybe not energetic, but th- these songs that have a lot of momentum, this is a good place to kind of slow it down for a second. So I don't fault it there. But other than that, it sounds a little bit like a step backwards for her. I feel like this sounds like something off the first album. Um, you know, it, it fits yeah. alongside soul and girl or never is a promise, that kind of thing, rather than what we've had so far in this album, which is uh, a different sound. Um, so it feels kind of more, you know, like a step backwards a little bit. Right. Yeah. I, I agree with, with everybody. Uh, you know, it sounds like it could, could have been a, a, a title, um, also ran or, or, or B side. Um, uh, well, and, and that's not to say that it, that it, it's not enjoyable. I mean, it, 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 I agree, Josh, it is well-placed. Um, you know, I don't think it's, you know, I, I think the best of this kind of thing probably ended up on, on, on title, uh, which is what's having us kind of perhaps a little bit ho-hum about it. Um, you guys mentioned the, uh, kisses on the cheek from now on, uh, lyric that is good. I, I really, I, I noted the, um, wished on the, uh, I thought it was little blue flames under under your brow. Uh, lyrics sh- per Google are saying lidded blue flames, but regardless, you know, kind of an interesting way to uh, to talk about eyes. Um, so, so I picked up on that, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I I do think it's it's a great little kind of breather um, it, right in the middle of the record. All right, well, let's pick things up a tad with the third single off this record. Paper bag. Pick them up and put them in. Hunger hurts, and I want them so bad. All we kill is cause I know I'm a messy. Don't wanna clean up. I got to focus. These hands are too shaky to hold. Hunger hurts, but starving works when it goes. 
right, Apple wrote this apparently after mistaking a plastic bag for a dove. Uh, and I do want to point out that by all accounts, this was written well before American Beauty came out. So I just looked it up. Uh, yeah, American Beauty came out September. This came out in November. The same year, though. Right, same year. But she apparently wrote this around the title era. So it, it had been written for a little bit. <laughs> Either way, an interesting metaphor uh, that people keep going back to. Um, I do love this song. I love that it opens with a, a lo-fi little drum loop. Uh, it's, it's, it's the, uh, that Apple shuffle come back, but it really works here. Um, this song had a Grammy nomination for best female rock vocal performance. Um, Rolling Stone ranked it as the 29th best song of the nineties, which is, was pretty wild. I thought when they did a list about best songs, of the nineties, it's just like plain and simple, a great and catchy, like classic sounding song. It, it doesn't age to me, to my ear, it, you know, to my ear, this 20 plus year old album hasn't aged at all. Great lines. Like it's all in your head. So's everything. I love the, the horns on, on this, the horn lines are, are really make it. I've heard them called Beatles esque. Uh, I should mention there is a video, um, and this is probably my favorite video of the three. Um, so Fiona Apple sitting at a bar and, um, children in suits began to dance on the bar and around her. It's kind of a 1940s type period piece, uh, where the, <laughs> the, the boys are dressed in that style and suits, but they're dressed like men. <laughs> um, strange, but the kids have good choreography. Um, Fiona Apple's kind of just like winging it to their choreography, but it works somehow. Um, and uh, I'd like to hear interpretations of that. There is a lyric about, I thought he was a man, but he was just a little boy. But yeah, I really like this one. Yeah. I, so I really love this song. This is one I was familiar with ahead of time, but when I, I, I try not to, I've, I've tried to get away from just saying, oh, I love this song or this song is good. And instead try to think of why. And I really struggled with this one in identifying exactly why I like it as much as I do. Um, that's not a bad thing. I just couldn't pick one thing out necessarily. I feel like the melody is sort of catchy in a subconscious way. You know, it doesn't hit you over the head. It's it's much more subtle. Uh, the production, the best word I could think of is warm. This one has such a warm, balanced production sound to it. The horns, everything. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is, but John Bryan's production on this one, I feel like, is not distracting at all. It really elevates the song and just sort of wraps around you in a way, almost like a blanket um, or a paper bag, if you were sleeping in a paper bag. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> yeah, just like you'd wrap a paper bag around. Who, who hasn't done that? Um, the epitome of warmth. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Uh, I will add that I think maybe one thing that makes me like this song and Blake, I know you're a fan of this as well, is this sounds a lot like something off Magnolia, uh, which yes, Brian does. also produced the same year. And it just, you can tell right. that he used some of the same tricks up his sleeve. Uh, Could have been the same session. It really does sound <laughs> like that. Um, I, I noticed one thing I wanted to mention about this is her vocal phrasing and it's it's on this song especially but i think it's throughout is very almost conversational like the way she sings things it's not like a, a typical vocal melody where you have um you know a series of notes that gets repeated it almost feels like she's sort of 
singing from point A to point B, point A being the beginning of the verse, point B being the end of the verse. And it's just sort of conversational in there, not necessarily always rhyming, um, going every which way, but it works. And so like, I kind of wonder if someone tried to cover this, would you be able to pull that off the same way? Cause it's not yeah, like, Oh, tough. this is the hook. No. You know, the hook sometimes is not a simple phrase. It's, it's, it's a little more complicated than that. Uh, but I, yeah, I love this one quite a bit. You're totally right on, on the phrasing, Josh, uh, Blake, you, you'd mentioned the, uh, it's all, uh, he said, it's all in your head. I think that little, uh, little, you know, string of three or four lines is a great example of what you're mm-hmm. talking about, Josh. Cause you know, it's, you know, he said, it's all in your head. I said, so is everything. And he didn't get it. And then she kind of takes a big sigh. Uh, so yeah, it, it's very, you know, kind of a, it's a very intimate vocal, you know, uh, you get a lot of articulation, um, you know, no, noise and effects, but it, it works really well. Uh, I do agree on that warm production. Um, you know, it does feel very Beatles esque. Um, I'm a sucker for French horns. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to be, uh, on board with that. Um, the dove of hope began his downward slope it is just a great, uh, a great line, I yeah. think. And then, uh, at, at the very end, uh, have to fold because these hands are too shaky to hold. Um, you know, yes, it, it is a great kind of wordplay. Uh, it's a great bit of wordplay, but uh, the thing that really stuck with me um, is the there's an acoustic guitar line, or it almost sounds like it might be a mandolin um, right in the outro, and it's just in the left channel. But it's yeah. just a great little kind of John John Bryan, uh, you know, little little spice that he that he that he shakes on onto this to really uh, kind of seal this uh, this real this little confection. Well. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize that this was a single, uh, when I was listening to it, uh, a lot of the time because it didn't sound like it would ever be picked to be a single. So I, I'm surprised to, to find that out. Uh, but I'm not a big fan of this song. Um, I like the, the record effect that's kind of bubbled o- under, you can you hear like you know the sound of a record mm-hmm. spinning around. I like that, and I appreciate the subtle orchestration and the French horns are a nice layer. But otherwise, it's just kind of fine Nona Apple to me. <laughs> um, I, Matt, I think you're talking about maybe that interesting little plucked part towards the end. Some and I, I my note was some sort of mandolin or plinkety plink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought mandolin as well. Uh, yeah, I like that. The lyrics and the performance seem to be more of a focus here, and I'm sure it's effective for the right listener. I just didn't really connect with it at all. I didn't really have anything that that drew me into it, and I was just surprised that it was even a single because I was just like, "Oh man, this one's a snoozer." I see. I th- I think what you're saying, Logan, what I'm saying are two sides of the same coin because I can kind of see, like, I had that thought when I was struggling to identify why I liked it. I'm like, I think if you don't like this kind of thing then you won't like, you know what I mean? Like I couldn't pick out like, this is, I couldn't convince anyone like, this is why this is a good song. Like, I feel like you either kind of like it or you don't, (laughs) you know? And so for me, I'm like, this is, this is a thing I like. Whereas for you, I think it's like, this is not a thing I like. Like there's not, I don't know if I'm making any sense, but it just, I kind of get where you're coming from on that. Cause I, I could see where someone would be like, I don't get this, you know? Do you guys know Baby Britain on, I think it's on XO. Also produced the, the by John Bryan. 
Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that makes sense. <laughs> but, okay. I, I, I get similar vibes from that. And I, I yeah. think vibe is probably, you know, as you were saying, Josh, if you like this vibe, you're going to like this track. Right. Even if you even if you can't really say say why. Yeah. Did you know John Bryan produced Kanye's late registration? I did. By the way, I am. I think I might be wrong on that. He also produced Mac Miller. I didn't know that. Anyway, I'm sorry. We're getting off topic. I, no, that's fine. I just he's produced a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Stuff you wouldn't guess. Okay. Uh, moving on then. Track six. A mistake. <laughs> You know I had to get the little John Bryan uh, ultra-high-octave uh, guitar line in there. Um, so a, a mid-tier shuffle, kind of mid-tempo, we go back to that mode. But to me, it still sounds really good. Uh, it's the first time I noted uh, she says the F word. <laughs> I, I think it's a pretty good jam, and it's a cool leisurely shuffle. Uh, love that Bryan guitar. Uh, love when she says full as a tick i'm full as a tick that's visceral and, and good <laughs> um another one where it's hard to tell where like where the verses court maybe maybe it's it was just me but hard, sometimes it's like where which part's the verse what's the chorus what what's the bridge it's not always clear but i think that's a very cool thing about this album uh, i don't know the song's just a mood it, it to me it's hard to say specifically why i, I like it but it's a cool laid back shuffly mood. I I think this song is, is kind of a uh another song that that harkens to a you know a a, a 60s retroy vibe uh cuz you know we we had the um we had the, the the James Bond theme uh you know type songs early on and then uh you know we had kind of more of a more of a pop 60s uh pop orchestra uh track previously and then and then this is when the drugs kick in i i think (laughs) um but uh you know i i i kind of feel feel that that um you know that that subject subject matter you know being young you know knowing that doing something that you know is the wrong thing to do but by god you're gonna do it anyway um a a well-made mistake one might say um Really interesting production things going on. Obviously, lots of weird, you know, weird noise beds. And um, I was kind of getting guitars that sound like horns and vice versa, which I think is is really interesting. This one in particular, and this is true throughout the record, but the I would be interested to know if she played this with the drummer because... Or, or sang it with the drummer because her her vocals are so locked into you know a, a really kind of out front percussion sound that can really I can I drop of... a note in here as best as I can tell the drums were played by John Bryan on this one oh, really? really okay yeah did not know that yeah so that would make sense hmm. I'm saying she probably played it with him I, like... that that would make sense I I kind of feel like this is the the spiritual successor to uh, the first taste. Uh, from from title, you know that that, that kind of had uh, really ha- had that 
sonic departure from the rest of the stuff. This is more more in keeping sonically with with the rest of the album, but I, I feel like it's kind of the, the same spirit song. Yeah, so I really like the instrumentation once again. I think that keyboard effect on the opening verse gives it more depth. I don't know, is that higher? Is Are you saying that that's a guitar, Blake, or like the womp, 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 womp? Oh, the 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 womp. Maybe that's a wah pedal. Or, or are you talking about that? The really high staticky guitar. Uh, no, I'm just you know on the opening of the song. Um, anyway, oh, okay. there's some cool electric guitar parts that are going on in the song. Everything seems very controlled, like controlled very carefully. Maybe to its detriment in some areas, but I think that makes up for it towards the end because I really appreciate the jamming and the light cutting loose towards the end of the song. Um, but I still think the focus should be on Fiona, and I think she she performs this song really well. I think there's a little adventure in this one. I, I sense that a little bit, and it's definitely grown on me, and I feel like it's kind of a grower overall. So uh, I, I dig this one. I Yeah, I have to point out the line. I know, Blake, you kind of alluded to it, but... Uh, do I want to do right? Of course. But do I really want to feel I'm forced to answer you? Hell no. <laughs> I mean, it goes back to that. It's conversational, you know, in a way. Uh, and the way she sings it, though. I mean, just on paper, that lyric shouldn't work. But the way she sings it, it works. Um, right. I feel like this one has a lot going on. Lyrically, uh, her vocal performance is great. Uh, the, the instrumentation is great overall on this one. I love the way the strings kind of mimic her words on the always doing what I think I should. You know what I'm talking about where she kind of goes up and then down. It's that always doing. You know what I'm I, I just tried to sing Fiona Apple, which was a horrible idea. But <laughs> you, you, get, you get the idea. You know, the strings kind of follow her vocal line there. Uh, mm. So I really enjoyed it um, overall. It's not a mistake. It's no mistake. Um, all right. Well, let's get to track seven, Fast As You Can, the album's first single. So if you catch me trying to find my way into your heart from under your skin. Fast as you can, baby, scratch me out, free yourself fast as you Fast As You Can is Win the Pond's most successful single. It reached uh, the top 20 in Billboard's U.S. Modern Rock chart. This one has a video, and it's like really kind of uh, grainy film captures of Apple. Um, and when you see the what looks like the video falling out of sync with the music, it's because it was shot on a vintage hand-cranked camera, so they couldn't you know, keep the frame rate correct. And so her, her mouth is, her lip syncing is not going to match. Uh, that kind of weirded me out. I thought I, my I computer was up. messed up. That's, that's interesting. <laughs> I, right. I thought that maybe the YouTube upload was bad or something, but no, it's a, you know, uh, Pete Anderson, he's going to use a hand cranked camera any time that he can. Him and Jack White. So she's just kind of, <laughs> yeah, she's just kind of walking around doing stuff and she puts a lip, match in her mouth it's, it's an abstract video um apple's credited as playing synthesized bass on the 
it's the song. I'm not totally sure where that is. It maybe it's on the chorus. It's about the ups and downs of relationships, she says. And when you get to the middle of the song, that spell of confusion takes you out of the element for the for a minute, which is of course what happens emotionally. But the beat never changes, so it's kind of that kind of describes what happens musically here and what happens emotionally, of course, and the subject matter. Um, Brian said he wanted Matt Chamberlain to play machine-influenced drums, but with a human feel. Uh, to me, that really comes through because it sounds like something you'd hear in a break beat. Uh, the the drum the drum beat that is, but it's you know it's not a it's not a sample drum. It, it's a real drummer, uh, and he's he's so precise and accurate. I love the sound of it. Uh, I really like the the gated the sound of like the percussion that it opens with. It has like a gating effect on it, so it almost sounds electronic. They do the um, 1979 trick. <laughs> oh, is that what they did on 1979? <laughs> yeah, I guess well, a, a similar thing. Yeah, but but it, it's good. I, I like it too. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, that that clipped sound that it opens with. I love when it goes to the six eight. I just love how the song uh, changes. Um, I want to point out. So it's got that really quick beat, and then it gets to the chorus where she says "fast as you can," but she's singing in triplets fast as you can dun, 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 dun. and then those triplets become the new beat um so they become like the six eight comes from that rhythm and so it all flows very nicely even though we're changing time signatures love the organ sound throughout that whole section um very john bryan very pleasing to my ear um and that part she sings one of my favorite lines i'll be your girl if you say it's a gift and you give me some more of your drugs uh, then of course it. I love how it ends on a long outro. I'm always gonna love these things when they do them, uh, with an organ freakout. Uh, gotta love that. But what do you think, Logan? No, I think it's a solid track. Uh, it's slinky and snake-like. I think the production is great. The breakdown is surprising, and in some ways it kind of breaks the momentum. But I'm glad that she's gonna bring that beat back. Um, <laughs> I think the vocals are playful yet powerful and drums are fun and spunky. It gets a little psychedelic towards the end of that, of the track. And I really like that. Um, I think it's a fun track. Lyrics are, are, are great. I, I like my pretty mouth will frame the phrases that will disprove your faith in man. It's yeah. very <laughs> powerful and cutting. And uh, I appreciate that, that line the most. All right. I got a, I got a few things here. Uh, so first right. off, I noticed similarities uh on the bound and this song both kind of have this thing where they start with the little drum i don't know drum machine would be the 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 gated gated thing as you talk about and then are just kind of two chords repeating on the verse um and then i also noticed similarity though as i've already mentioned to limp because you have again the mention of the idea of the beast uh as she referenced in in limp um this was the one i was the most familiar with ahead of time really like this one um a lot matt knows about this for a while i was kind of obsessed with this performance they did of this song um it's an extra thing on the dvd that comes with extraordinary machine it's a performance at largo with john bryan on guitar oh, and chris thiele where they mess up at first they mess up at first yeah chris thiele on mandolin I'll, I'll drop that in and and john bryan on acoustic guitar and I love that version so much. I mean, I love this it's song, great. but I, that version, for some reason, I mean, well, it's Chris Thiele is is tearing it up on on mandolin is is a good percentage of it. Yeah. But also her vocal performance is great. 
I let the beast in too soon. I don't know how to do it. We didn't run through this today. Just let me just think for a second. The line that stuck out to me, I like how every, all of us have lines that stuck out to us, but like different lines. Mine was, I'm tired of wise, choking on wise, just need a little because, because. Thought that was a really mm. clever kind of phrase. Yeah. Uh, also, I love the little, she does this wavery thing with her voice, and I don't want to mimic it, but maybe you know what I'm talking about when she says, and for a little while, you know what I'm talking about? She wavers on four. She's like, and Man, I can't do it. I wish I had a clip to play. She, Does anyone know what I'm talking about? And for a little while more. Yeah, she's got a really, really fast and precise vibrato. It's uh, right as, after the bridge. You hear it, I think, in On the Bound. Yeah, she might heavily. do it there, too. It's it's really cool. What is the thing on the chorus that sounds like bouncing? Like, is it drums? I, I think or that might bass? be the synth, the synth bass, maybe, that, I, that she's credited with playing. Yeah, it just sounds so cool. I, I don't know. Uh, again, we have one thing I haven't really pointed out is there's a lot of songs in this album where there's a long, wordless ending that just sort of rides the vibe. <laughs> the instrument, I I love those. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I can't tell whether it's indulgence on John Bryan's part or or I also love it. Um, it is. I go back and forth, but uh, yeah, I like this one quite a bit. Uh, yeah, I, this is this is a really strong track. Uh, it, it was the one that I was probably the most familiar with. Uh, this or Paper Bag. The rhythm is all over the place. Um, this is just a a tour de force uh, Matt Chamberlain uh, performance. I mean, the, the whole record is 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 a great drum. You know, a very well drummed record. But I, I think this one is this one and Limp are, are kind of the uh, the, the standouts. Um, and I know there was mm-hmm. another drummer in the mix. That this one might have right. been uh, his. But uh, I, Logan, I, I get what you're saying about it. Maybe kind of losing some momentum when it goes to to the part. But but I I think it it writes itself when they bring that that beat back in. Um, my uh, takeaway line was just her delivery on the so I'll fight again, 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 again. Um, I I can't mir- uh, mimic. How she, you know, the, the particular stank that she puts. We on really got to, we really got to get Fiona Apple in the studio to just like, you know, <laughs> sing all the. We're like, hey, sing that one line. Do that one line for us. Everybody can hear um, it. again, 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 again. Th- there's, there's image. Fiona's about, here. <laughs> uh, hey, it's me. There, there's imagery about under the skin, which I think comes back in a, in a later song, uh, and then uh, I really, I really took away. Um, there's great bass tone on this, and I, I didn't see that it was. Uh, maybe a, a synth bass, but um, it's a really kind of subtle fuzz to the bass. So, uh, so that may be some synth tone, um, you know, kind of mixed in there. But I, I think it really kind of provides that um, or, or complements the the really percussive and and propulsive uh, feeling of the drums on it. But yeah, this is a, a very strong track. Uh, you mentioned the triplets on the fast as you can, but it's triplets over what sound like swung eighth notes to me. It's, it's just such a really yeah, interesting right. polyrhythm that, that they do there. Love that. 
Okay. Track eight, The Way Things Are. So keep Um, another similar laid-back shuffle groove again, uh, similar to A Mistake. I think of the laid-back shuffled songs, this is kind of the quickest one of them. Um, to me, it's a really it's a really cool song. I it's really smooth and, and catchy. I think, and one of my favorite things about the song is I love the guitar tones. Um, it, I don't know if it's John Bryan playing that or not. I just love the the tones they got. Um, there's a Let's see. The song opens and closes with a really cool, like, synthesizer tone. Um, and I'm going to guess that it's uh, someone named Tom Biller, who's mentioned in the liner notes, where it says, I still can't get over what you did for that song. <laughs> I think, I don't know if that's him or on, I don't know if that's referring to the synth. I, I think he also does the guitar on this song, come to think of it. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I, I really dig this one. Yeah, I like this one. It's not nearly as top tier for me as the, as the last three have been, but it's a definitely a solid song that has a lot of compelling things going on, keeps the momentum. Um, I don't know if you, anybody's familiar with the Radiohead song, Where I End and You Begin, but it has a similar kind yeah, of almost theremin. Yeah, I thought that too. Okay, yeah. as soon as it came in, I'm like, where have I heard oh, this before? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, that. it's, it's okay. whatever. It's, it's a similar thing. It's probably a similar sound effect they used. Uh, I, I think it's interesting. And this sort of is, I guess, true for the whole album. You have like this trio of piano based drums that then is just surrounded with a swirl of noises and guitars and all this other stuff. And I think sometimes it works. Um, Sometimes it, it doesn't, um, but I think more often than not, it, it works. And this is one where I think it, it does a good job. Yeah, I, I've i kind of vacillated a little bit, and I, I think I'm landing on I like it quite a bit. Um, and and I, I may have uh, waning attention uh, fever by the time this track rolls around. <laughs> uh, we're, we're de- you, we mentioned Hey, the- that's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're... We mentioned the guitar tone. We're definitely back on cloud nine. Uh, Jeff Lynn, alive and well, is uh, <laughs> has got to be happy. Um, the the dun, 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 dun. Uh, I also got Elliot Smith um, XO vibes off of that, and and I'd forgotten that that John Bryan did did that record as well. So Cor- correction, he had he did not produce it. I was did wrong. not. Oh, okay, but he did play on well, it a few songs. So okay, I just want to correct okay. that. But if we're going to continue talking about it, I want to correct that. Sure, <laughs> sure. Um, I I really feel the the lyrical content on this. Um, I wouldn't uh, wouldn't know what to do with another chance if he gave it to me. <laughs> it is is a pretty um uh, a pretty great uh, sentiment. She she's doing her really interesting phrasing again here. Um, that that really kind of locks in with with that that shuffle rhythm. So yeah, I I think this is a, this is a solid track. Yeah, I I really dig it too. I I think the chorus is really strong. I think she shows off her vocal range uh, really well in this song, and I think it's very impressive. I think she gets really high up there. Um, and the the high synthy string sound is 
is really cool paired with the slide guitar. Uh, so I dig that. But other than that, I just don't really have a whole lot of notes on it. Um, mm. It's it's not that yeah. it was like a low tier or anything, or but I was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. It's good. Uh, I, I I like it. I dig it. Finona Apple. Uh, maybe a little <laughs> bit above that, though. Like it's okay. not just yeah. fine, but it's like yeah, it, it's good. It's it's fine on an apple, but the apple is like a honey crisp or something. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> not one of them trash apples. <laughs> it's all sliced, and there's a little caramel there for me for dipping. <laughs> oh boy! Blake? Wait, was that everyone on that? Yeah, one? That, that yep. was yeah. It. We, we yeah. I think okay. we're ready to get gone. All right, let's get gone. There's that really quick vibrato, Josh. Yes, yes. I noted that yeah. as well. She, when you're listening for it, you really hear she does it a lot on the record. Uh, so a very a very straightforward uh, fuck off song. Get that trash man out of here. Um, another one of those laid back shuffle beats. This one's slightly slower, but still has a good groove, I think. Um, it's one of the dirtier songs. You know, she's dropping F-bombs. She's saying the word shit. Uh I do like the cool brush snares that it does in the verse. I think in the verses, you mostly just hear brushes on a snare. Um, but the song gets a lot more interesting by the time the chorus rolls around. Um, it's a fun one. It's it's not a favorite on the album, but definitely still a good one. Here, Here's the thing. Uh, I, I think that there are better instances of the uh, the Apple Shuffle elsewhere on the record i mean i i think the chorus is 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 fine it's it's fine ona um but the verse with the brushes and that that really kind of delicate piano part uh is so good that it it really you know kind of uh right brings up the 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 overall score uh, of the song um i i get vi hmm. uh i just love that that um that kind of dissonant chord pairing and and josh you mentioned uh they kind of do it's it's kind of the quiet version of those of those two you know alternating chords that we see on on the bound and on fast on the bound can. and yeah and, and fast as you can uh they, they kind of do that same kind of dissonant and, and maybe it's um like going to an augmented or you know i i, I didn't sit down and and uh uh, pick all the all the notes out but but just that kind of tension building uh chord pair that they alternate between reminds me very much of 10 years gone uh the the zeppelin tune oh yeah yeah um but yeah i i i really really think the the verses work exceptionally well um my my pull quote uh is from lyrics is put away that meat you're selling oh yeah <laughs> that's a good one so at first I thought this one was going to be a snoozer, um, but it's just that energy boost that it gets just really helps it. And then it gets even more expansive sounding. Like it's just very dynamic with all these ups and downs and there's like whispers ranging all the way to like raw aggression. I think this one packs surprises and is expertly performed. Uh, basically, I feel like this is kind of the hidden gem 
of the album. This is the song you play when you throw that piece of crap boyfriend of yours out of the house. <laughs> like right. this is uh for me this was kind of like the pinnacle of the album this is kind of like the big last message of the album in a way so i i really okay. enjoyed it logan i agree with you 100 percent. i have that down in my notes <laughs> wow, i said this shocked. one starts off gentle and lures you in thinking it's another slow burner a la love ridden and then it takes off uh, my one note was, I was like, I want this to rock harder, like bring in some guitar. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I, this sounds like an old white guy opinion, but I was like, let's replace the strings on the chorus with a guitar. Like, it just uh, seems yeah. like there's a lot of anger in the lyrics and she kind of gets into that angry place and it just feels like it. Sh- the strings are almost too like delicate sounding. Like let's let's rock, you know. <laughs> let's just go go I'm, for it on. I'm this. glad you mentioned that, Josh, because because there are several points of this where where you know very very much uh, Beavis uh, Beavis and Butthead, you know, uh, you, you want them to kick in the distortion. Or, or, yeah, like, you know, g- give it some more <laughs> some more dirt. And, and I mean, this one feels like it it warrants it just with all the lyrics, um, especially. Okay, so there's the one part I love the part where. She kind of does the, and I must decide if you must deride that I'm much obliged to up and go. With oh, that, yes. Like doing the high vibrato on all the Ides, I'll idealize and realize that it's no sacrifice because the price is paid and there's nothing left to grieve. And then there's the pause and then she says, fucking go. And it kicks in. Yeah. I'm like, come on. How can you not I lo- love that? I love that. How can fucking you not love go that part? is great. And then the ending, everything stops and it has the one last word. It's always good to put that trick, you know, do that trick of, of cutting off right before the last word because it puts all the punctuation on the ending. And I feel like this song deserves that punctuation. I mean, when you have a song with a line, he don't give a shit about me. It feels like it just, I don't know. This, this one I really liked. I, I, I'm right there with you, Logan. Like, I just wanted it to rock a little harder. Yeah. All right. That brings us to the final track. Track 10, I Know. If it gets too late for me to wait for you to find you love me and tell me so So I know is I, I think is kind of a fan favorite closing track. Um I don't know uh about this sample size, but I did see a uh uh, poll in her subreddit for what's your favorite closing track of all the albums and I know uh, did win it there is a version of the song somewhere featuring King Princess I can't find it there's mm. also a cover of this by Elvis Costello well, I could hear that I could hear him doing I, I, I haven't heard I, I need to see if I can find that one Apparently they swapped covers. Um, oh well, he did a show did. for a little while that uh, where he had artists on and they would do that. I, I think oh, it probably was on yeah. that it was called on Bravo uh, spec- or something. It's called like Spectacle with Elvis Costello. And I I'm pretty okay. sure I remember seeing that actually. Now interesting to pick this song because I think she does Ship Building, which is a perfect song <laughs> for her to do from Elvis Costello. Um, it's a very pretty song, I think, in a in a slow six eight. Um, so it's almost like the the softer, gentler shadow boxer, maybe. Um, similar arrangements, just gentler uh, lines like, uh, you can use my skin to bury secrets in, really stand out to me. I thought that was really good. 
uh, toward the end, there's a really great vocal delivery on the line, for you to find you love me. I think it might have been that thing I played. But she includes a growl and a yodel <laughs> and like back-to-back syllables, which I thought was pretty impressive. So she's just doing a lot of things on this, and, and her voice is really taking it to the next level. Um, it's not the most exciting thing in the world to me. Uh, Carry On on the first album was a little more of exci- a little more exciting of a closer, but uh, th- this one's still pretty nice. Yeah, it's not really my cup of tea, uh, but there's definitely good things about it. Uh, it's a chill vibe, and it adds some balance to the record. And I definitely do agree that I think it's a decent closer. Uh, it's kind of a nice break after the more complex get gone. It's well-performed, and it's pretty. Uh, very familiar and nostalgic in some kind of, like, some kind of nostalgic sound to it. I don't know if it's kind of like it, like Beatles-esque or like some other kind of thing that I'm hearing, but it's very cinematic. It's, you know, birds gliding in the sky kind of shit, you know, just... <laughs> Plastic bags floating around. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it, it, there's good things about it, but just not really my jam. It's funny you say Beatles-esque, Logan, and it's funny that uh, earlier Matt brought up um, Jeff Lynn, the guy playing drums on this song is Jim Keltner, oh, who no was kidding. the session drummer on pretty much every post Beatles solo album except Paul McCartney. Uh, Paul did huh. not ever have him on, um, and he was the drummer for the Traveling Wilburys. So Logan, that Beatle, that that Beatles s song, uh, Beatles s sound. Uh, I I don't know if it is the drums, but it is funny that you mentioned that. Seeing the drummer is the guy that played on. All that stuff. It was um, more the piano. I'm kind of scared yeah. uh, to even like commit to it because I don't even I haven't thought it through. But I don't know if it's kind of imagine, okay. like, like I don't know if it's the piano chords that I'm hearing or some variation or something. But it, it's almost. I was trying to figure out what it reminded me of, it, but I couldn't quite pick it out. Logan, I, I, I'm hearing gospel here to a certain extent, kind of gospel cut mm-hmm. with some interest, you know, some more rock and roll chord, you know, chord progressions, but, but they do like a four, five, one resolution. That's, that's a very, you know, kind of gospel, uh, kind of yesteryear kind of sound, you know, sounding chord progression that maybe that's why they brought Jim Keltner in. Yeah. I I was kind of wondering, I was like, why did they bring this guy? (laughs) Like, it just seems odd when, you know, Matt Chamberlain seems perfectly able to play things and John Bryan can play drums too. Uh, I'm with there with you guys uh, on this song where it's just, it's good. It's not the most exciting. Um, I prefer it over uh, love ridden for sure. Um, I think it's more interesting than that song. Her singing is on display here for sure. Um, But I just, I don't know. This one's not a top tier, but I definitely would not necessarily skip it either. I love the way it ends because in the choruses, you have that repeating of, I know. And then at the very end, she says, it's okay. I don't need to say it. And it's like, you're waiting for the resolution of the titular line. And then it just ends. Mm, It doesn't come like your brain kind of fills in that blank spot with the phrase. I know that she's been repeating a lot. It's kind of a cool, like not optical illusion, but I guess auditory illusion where, you know, you've heard, I know, I know, I know. And then she says a line where you think it's coming and then instead the album just ends i think that's pretty neat yeah yeah 
I really like this this song. I, I think it um it I, I'm not surprised to hear that, that it's a, a well loved closing track. Um when when you take the approach of having a a big muscular penultimate track, you do well to, you know, have kind of one of these quiet, reflective songs to round things out. I'm kind of, you know, kind of like on uh, Days Are Gone, they had um, Running when, when You Call My Name as as the the, the, the quiet, mellow outro to the 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 the, penal, the the second to last song which whose name's escaping mm-hmm. me but but it, it was more of a rocker I, I think this is um, this is another great uh, use of that kind of device um, it's just a vibe uh, you wouldn't know that it's Jim Keltner it's cool that it's Jim Keltner um, <laughs> you know we, we, I talked about the gospel feel and uh, you know it's very piano forward um, but I I just really like all the progression and and her vocal performance I, I think is is really first rate on this. All right. So, our superlatives. My banger. It's almost a toss-up between the three singles. I mean, it's pretty predictable, but I I think I got to go with Fast As You Can. I second this Fast As You Can. I'm going to agree with you guys as fast as I can. (laughs) I am going to fourth that with Fast As You Can. Oh my God, it's a consensus. (laughs) I am not sure we've had a consensus. Uh, I've I've actually been going back and trying to listen because I'm making a playlist. Have we not? uh, I don't believe Spotify of our bangers, and I don't think we have a consensus, but I'll have to check. Okay. Wow. It's a banner day. Okay. Don't sleep on it. Uh, this one's not a single, but it's good enough to be on the bounds. My don't sleep on it. Uh, my don't sleep on it is get gone. Okay. I'm going to get gone with you, Josh, because uh, don't sleep on get gone. I am also getting gone with you. All both. right, Blake. Oh, why did you ruin I, that? I screwed up. The, <laughs> I screwed up the uh, conform. Man, I suck. <laughs> All right. Then this also probably won't be surprising. Um, Love ridden is my skip it. Maybe there'll be a consensus on this. I don't know. It's also my skip it. Yeah, we're, I, I'm skipping Love ridden. Riding right past it. Uh oh. I I think Logan's gonna have something different though. I'm gonna. We'll see. Logan. Yeah, I'm sorry. This is going to be a hot take, but I'm <laughs> skipping paper bag. Yeah. Oh, when, man. when you were talking about it, I was like, I bet Logan's going to skip paper bag. <laughs> yeah, this not is my jam. Controversial up in here. Okay. Come on, baby, me. Another one of my favorites would be the most fun to cover. Limp. I could I could rock <laughs> out to that. Oh, Just singing what? the lyrics. <laughs> I'll just, do it. I just don't give a, a bunch shit. of <laughs> <laughs> you that. Yeah, limp. that's what we'll do. We'll get up there and talk about being limp. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we're talking to like we're we're talking to some other dude, not not myself. Uh, could, could we, <laughs> I, I'm I, I'm two thirds of the way to uh, of the way to a joke about a, about like uh, a Viagra commercial, but I can't. You know, the, 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 the middle aged band in a don't be lying limp hey. in your own hand. That's how we yeah. make our money as as more of that. You know, we gotta sell out sweet advertisement deals. Y- yes, ask your doctor about discography <laughs> today. Um, 
I I I debated this one. I had Get Gone because, like I said, all those things about man, it should rock harder. But lyrically, that what I was thinking about trying to sing it. I'm like, I don't know. It seems very much from a woman's perspective. Not that guys can't sing that, but I don't know. Uh, I went with Fast as You Can though, because I think that's the one that it would be cool to tackle and just figure out how you hard, how man. you do be it. Hard. You know, you would have to figure out yeah. an arrangement that would work. Yeah. Uh. I want to cover on the bound. I, I, you know, it comes out blazing. I, I, I think it'd be a a fun one to to really kind of uh, jam hard on. Ah, uh, I think so. We're all we're all divided on this one. I okay. think this is this is yeah. typically how yeah. covers go for us. I think we're all <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, because I'm gonna go with uh, to your love. Uh, okay, I, I think that one would be the the one. I could see that that we could cover. We could um, smash mouth it even more. Do it even more oh like boy. a smash mouth. Hey, song. you're fine. That's another fine. You can't. <laughs> I told you, Josh. <laughs> We're going to have okay, to report uh, to management on this. <laughs> we should have a manager. Um, <laughs> Rusty so before... Shackleford. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me in a hat. Yeah. Uh, before our final thoughts, um, so on the U.S. Billboard 200 when the pawn debuted at number 13 and then it took until march 2020 that's a month before her most recent album dropped for when the pawn to finally go platinum but it did get there i'd also like to point out that pitchfork gave when the pawn a 9.4 pitchfork writers love them some fiona apple but i think it deserves every bit of that um so for my final thoughts on it um even though i didn't come up with this one and it, I don't have as long a history as with this one as, as title. This one's infinitely more exciting to me. Um, I think this one really goes, uh, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's almost a wall to wall banger album for me. Um, I, I could continue to put it on at any time. It's just, it's a really enjoyable album to me. I love it. Um, I think she really comes into her own uh, on this record uh whereas maybe maybe she held a little back a little bit back on on title but um she really is is figuring it out on this one um and it's a shame that it's it's the final like official John Bryan um collaboration because I think they they make a great um musical production duo a team but I, I should say that um, she is perfectly capable on her own, as as she shows for the rest of her career. Uh, she continues to be really great, you know, producing herself. So I think that's pretty awesome. But uh, yeah, this is this is like a peak, peak apple right here. Uh, so I gave it four and a half paper bags. Yeah, so there's really only one song on this album that I don't like that much, uh, Love Ridden. And even then, I don't hate it. Uh, I feel like overall this is a terrific sophomore album and does what it should. I kind of talked about this in the pregame, but it takes the sound of the artist from the first album, hones in on kind of some things that work, amplifies those sounds, um, and, and you know, really makes a statement. The songwriting is stellar. The performances are solid. Fiona's voice knocks it out of the park. Um, other than that one song, my only real issue is that it does feel a little indulgent at times on... Maybe John Bryan's part. I don't know. It just feels like it kind of has a <laughs> lot of 
things going on. Um, but so overall, uh, <laughs> what's that? No, that I was just thinking like that's kind that's of what you like. Thing. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> I'm always like oh finally some cutting loose like. I agree. Yeah, I, agree I mean, that, I yeah. I guess I do. I don't want an album though that's just her and a piano. So I don't know where I fall on this. Uh, I, I'm a ball of contradictions here. Um, overall, though, I, I like about nine out of the ten songs, ninety uh, percent. So I'm gonna give it ninety percent or four point five full ticks that are scratching at the surface. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Blake, in your collage, she talked about how this is kind of the record that she wanted to make and working through some feelings about how she, how her first record was received. And, and I was really interested to hear that. I didn't know that. But, you know, just in my own observation, I, I, I look at the, at the two pictures of her on the two records and, you know, title, it's it's a different crop, but, you know, she's kind of mysterious and... and you know, kind of like a, a, a Shantouse or something, but but she's it's just eyes, mostly yeah. eyes and nose, yeah. But but she's she's just beaming on on the cover of uh, of this record, and and I, right. I think that that speaks to the 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 quality of the record, the the you know her, her strengths, and and I'm I'm gl- I like to think that that she was very you know happy with it. Uh, it's it's a tour de force vocally and lyrically. Um, it you know it's record mired in themes of disappointment, lust, righteous anger, and sarcasm. Um, the strengths of title are here. Uh, the the incomparable vocals, uh, Brian's crisp and lush production. But while title at times lapsed into smoldering but kind of sleepy jazz club fare. Uh, when the pond maintains its virility as Apple brings more sophisticated songwriting to the table, uh, internal rhymes, exceptional rhythms, and white hot wordplay abound on this four doves of hope and a paper bag record. <laughs> nice. Man, we are just a. <laughs> this is just typical. It's like. Uh... Oh man! All right, I'll try to explain this. So overall, <laughs> I enjoyed the album. I, I, there are three tracks that didn't really do it for me, but they are by no means like bad songs. I think there's continuing quality carrying over from her first album, maintaining if not surpassing title. However, I think I liked, I only disliked two songs from title, giving it an eighty percent. Whereas this one, there's three. So it landed me lower uh, with a 70% or seven out of 10 songs or three three out of five boyfriends thrown to the curb. But uh, <laughs> no, it's just, it's just funny. It's like on the last album, I rated it like an 80% and you guys all rated it like 70%. And <laughs> yeah. then this one, you guys all like 80 percent or above and i was the 70 percent. i don't know it's just funny yeah. <laughs> you know it, it having less when you only have 10 tracks uh not not liking one hurts the percentage a lot more you know yeah <laughs> they gotta be bangers so uh that wraps up when the pond thanks everybody for joining next. us uh what are we doing next time Next time, after a long, uh, not a long break for us, but it was a, a long break for Fiona Apple and her fans, her third album's called Extraordinary Machine. So 
After a pregame, we'll do that one. So stay tuned. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to more of That Presents Discographology. We appreciate you supporting our show by subscribing, leaving reviews, sharing on social media, and contributing to our Patreon. We are on Instagram at More of That Presents, Twitter at Discograph Pod, and Facebook at More of That Band. We do playlists on YouTube at More of That Presents Discographology. Our original music can be heard on major streaming services and purchased at moreofthat.bandcamp.com. Check out the other great shows on the Ox Podcast Network, like Nailed, a show where my wife and I go through the discography of Nine Inch Nails. If you want to support us monetarily, subscribe at patreon.com slash oxaudio. There you can get bonus content, like original songs from our show, as well as all bonus episodes for Ox Network podcasts. Bonus Discographology episodes available now. Also, we now have Discographology t-shirts for sale with a kick-ass design by Philippe Sobrero. To order one, hit us up online at any of the aforementioned places. I want to thank Josh, Logan, and Matt for helping me research. An extra thanks to Josh for helping me write the intro script for this episode. For our research sources, see this episode's show notes. Thanks again, and as always, don't forget to listen to music.